you may have noticed we've got a different look and a different name and we've decided to to go from being the life-changing earth-saving capsule kitchen podcast to the planetarian life podcast and that's because when we when we set out we thought that we would mainly be talking to you about food but as it turns out we're talking about a lot of things that are related to food and things that aren't too and especially as we we get into greener you and all these different ways that you can become a more sustainable greener planetarian version of yourself there's just so many areas that we can dive into and that we're excited to to talk about and to frankly learn more about ourselves. So here we go. The Planetarian Life Podcast, it certainly rolls off the tongue a little easier. <laughs> hey, I'm Maggie. I'm Pam. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to the Planetarian Life Podcast. Each week, we meet here to talk about our passion for food, our concerns for the earth, and discuss how we can align our hopes for the future while eating and living well effortlessly. So today, today is actually kind of a two-part podcast because the original idea was to talk about composting and just how much mom and I are really into it. And Laura, you know a good bit about composting, but haven't yet taken it up yourself for reasons that we can go into and probably that are relatable to some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't talk about composting without talking about food waste because these things go hand in hand and you can't talk about food waste without also talking about a very, or at least mentioning, this is only supposed to be 20, 25 minutes, but uh, at least mentioning the very broken food system that we have in really not just America, but in the whole world. So let's just kind of I thought we could kind of just jump jump in with some statistics. Um, so Americans discard 30 to 40% of the food supply. So on average, 30% or 40%, somewhere between 30 and 40% of all the food that we buy ends up in a landfill or hopefully some of it into composting. And wasting food contributes to 11% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. That's, that's a lot. Um, and the breakdown of this is that, uh, you know, individual homes and people um, account for 43 or waste 43%. Um, this is where the 30 to 40% figure comes from. Uh, homes waste 43% of their food. Restaurants and grocery stores waste 40% of their Mm. food. Farms waste 16% of their food. And the manufacturers waste 2% of their food. So Um, then we're supposed to start buying manufactured food? (laughs) (laughs) The grocery store one is the one that Um, kills me. Like, There's all these videos on Instagram of people, like, recovering, you know, 10,000 What are those called, like... What are those people? What are those people called that live out of food yeah. from trash bins, like yeah. dumpsters? Yeah, but <clears throat> there's a name. Oh, I, don't, I don't know the name. There's a name for those. There's people, people that go like recover um, all the food and give it to shelters, and it's like, 
What grocery store just puts it in a dumpster instead of giving it to a shelter? I don't understand. Well, I definitely, when I'm at the grocery store, every time I swing by the bruised and reduced cart to see if there's anything I might want, I'm known for recover, rec, rec, rescue and recover of uh, spent vegetables and fruit. You are definitely the queen of not letting, not letting a little expiration date or a little bruise or a little... <laughs> Will anything stop you from cooking it? Even, even a thin skin of mold or <laughs> that's the one that horrifies me. But um, and, you know, adding sort of insult to injury here while we're going ahead and wasting 30 to 40 percent of our food supply, millions of people, millions of people around the world are food insecure. And here in the United States, you know, before the pandemic, it was estimated that about 35 million Americans were food insecure. And in 2021, because of the pandemic, that number approached 50 million. So I think that there's, there's, there's a kind of a practical um, approach here that it just makes more sense to compost what you're not using. Um, And then there's a moral component to this as well. I think of, you know, if you have food, use it. And if for whatever reason you can't use it or, you know, you're away or something was stuck in the back of the fridge, you didn't see it, dis- dispose of it properly in a way that heals the earth instead of contributes to global warming. Um, I, I myself only started composting about a year ago and I live in New York City, um, and I I just thought that wrongly assumed that composting was not really available to to city dwellers like me. I assumed that you had to have sort of a, a a yard and you know a place to put all the compost you were creating, and you had to kind of have your own compost set up. And I really encourage my parents to do it because they they live on a piece of property where compost makes sense. But I didn't think it made sense for me. And then one day I saw just in my travels a compost collection pop up uh, just a few blocks from me. And that led me to Google, which led me to understand that there are hundreds of compost collection sites around New York City. And in fact, there was one directly next door to my daughter's daycare. Um, So for example, this morning I dropped her off at daycare and I dropped off my compost too. And I can do that any day of the week. And it's, there's a garden there. They use some of the compost there for the garden. And then most of the compost and the scraps that are collected and it's thousands of pounds a week just at this one little collection site in New York City are are taken to a larger composting facility and processed and used in parks and gardens around New York City. And I mom, you can speak to your experience um, and yeah. and how you kind of came to composting and then we can we can talk about how awesome it well, is. Well, <laughs> you know, my memory's a little fuzzy because of COVID. I can't remember. I feel like we had the we had built our compost bins before you arrived, if I'm not correct. Is that were, were we were we composting? Um you had you were just finishing. You were just finishing. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't been listening from the start, my family and I moved in with my parents for 14 months during 
during COVID. And you were actually composting before you arrived, which means you've not been composting for a year, but you've actually been composting for probably almost two years because you were... Time is time is confusing right now. <laughs> well, I mean, you certainly composted with me when you were here for the fourteen months. So, and I know you were composting before you arrived. Um, but it was funny. I was going to say, you know, we were kind of uncertain about whether we should be uh, composting citrus, you know, because some people say it doesn't break down properly. And you took Dash to the composting site, and he got this little education, and he came back and said. It's okay if you compost citrus if there's certain conditions. What, what was it? Worms or there was something that actually helps break it down. And if you have those conditions, do you remember that? I um, don't remember. But Dash is an, my son is an avid composter yeah. now, and uh, so now we actually compost all our citrus too, which is quite a bit um, between grapefruits, limes, lemons, and oranges between all the all that we eat and all that we squeeze into drinks. <laughs> Um, but we actually decided to build ours. We looked into buying a unit and, um, we just decided it made sense. We had the space to build a two compartment, uh, compost, um, out of cement blocks. It's pretty makeshift looking, but it's sturdy and, uh, we keep it going. It's thriving. There is no exact science to it. You know, I think you're supposed to do about 50% of your of your kitchen, you know, what scraps, scraps. yes, and uh, about 50% brown matter, which for us is like twigs and leaves and grass clippings and things like that. And we just, sometimes I just go out there and dump it and don't do anything with it because I couldn't be bothered. But a lot of, you know, David mostly takes on the job of getting the pitchfork out of the shed and stirring the pot, as they say. And it's really interesting to see the process of, you know, eggshells and, you know, uh, whole pumpkins <laughs> that we threw in there from, from Halloween. Uh, you know, each time you go, just watch that stuff gradually turn back into the earth. Does um, it smell? Yeah. No, it does not smell at all. Hmm. Um, the only thing that was a little freaky at the beginning is that we, we, um, we attracted mice uh, they really liked it. Obviously, it's sort of like uh, what's the, the the mouse? It reminded me of yeah, Templeton, Templeton exactly. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> I mean, they just uh, filled up. I mean, goodness, it's like having your own. Why not? They're like, this is the best restaurant in town. <laughs> and uh, out of Pam Anderson's. And so kitchen. finally, we built it. I guess so. We built it before you arrived, and by the end of the summer, this past summer, we started using it. Um, the idea here is really just to inspire yeah. you and to open your eyes to the, the different ways that you can compost. So you can do like I do, um, just type in, you know, composting sites near me into Google. And I think you'd probably be surprised what comes up. Mm -hmm. um, and if nothing pops up, you know, within your local area, then look into, you know, there are, there are composting um, systems that you can buy, like my mom mentioned, um, that basically kind of do a lot of the work mm -hmm. for you, you know, or you can go total DIY and, you know, build some, you know, if you really want to go big, which my parents have, you know, to build your own composting processing system. But it depends, you know, it just, that's the whole thing about planetary life. It's just you, where you are, 
what you have access mm-hmm. to, what makes sense for your life. You know, some people, you know, my parents aren't retired, but you know, they don't have kids at home. They've got a big, um, they've got a big piece of property and they have the space and the time to invest and they have, you know, lots of plants and gardens. So it makes sense and for Lord them. Knows but I have enough kitchen scraps with all the recipe testing and stuff I do. So it's a lot. It's very, and I would also say that, um, it's very, you know, as a, as a person who lives in the city, you know, I don't have a lot of connection to the land on a daily basis and, or to the earth in a way. Um, and there's something to me about composting that's provides in my perspective, sort of an important connection for me and for my husband, for my kids to the earth. Like we know that you know, when I'm peeling a butternut squash Mm -hmm. or when I'm peeling an apple or potatoes and we're putting those scraps into the composting um, container, that that's going to return to the earth. And when you do see, when I do see, you know, um, parks and gardens in New York City, often there'll be a little sign, you know, that says, you know, compost from, you know, New Yorkers. And there is that connection that I think you know, if you're feeling like you'd, you'd like to increase your connection to the earth, this is another thing that you can do. And it has, a, it makes a huge, it makes a huge difference. Um, this is something that you can do. It's so binary. You can throw it in the garbage and it goes into a landfill and it, and it will negatively impact the earth. Or you can find your way to composting and help heal the soil and make it more productive and, and, you know, sort of divert those potential greenhouse gases into something really positive. And it's a simple thing to do. And yes, there is sort of the, you know, you got to go down there a couple times a week, or you've got to go over to the composting site, mom, on your property and mm-hmm. do the work. But to me, it's a gratifying yeah. thing. It, fe- it doesn't feel like a drain no, or it's fun. a chore or an errand. It, it is fun. Is. And um, I think it gives a lot yeah. back. Laura, you said that uh, later in the podcast you would explain your hesitancy or your barriers to composting at this point yeah no I don't have any hesitancy I mean I think it's it's important um I mentioned in I think the episode where we were introducing greener you you know why composting is important why it it produces greenhouse gases to put food in a landfill as opposed to, to compost it which is just the type of organisms that can survive in a landfill where the, everything is jammed together and in plastic bags, it has to be anaerobic ma- mm. um, bacteria because there's no oxygen. And that's why you put the, br- and that's why you put the brown matter into the compost. I think that not only helps it break down, but it provides yeah. air and, yeah. and. So if you have, if space. you have the air, then the organisms that break it down, turn it into rich soil. That's mm. going to support whatever you're growing next, as opposed to, organisms that don't need air that can survive in a landfill and they break it down into methane and something, another greenhouse gas. Um, And methane is multiple times more harmful to the environment than carbon dioxide. Oh, it's methane and 50% Uh, methane, 50% carbon dioxide is what I couldn't think of. So yeah. um, So I think composting is a great idea. My, uh, my issue is I don't know where to compost around here. I looked into my trash pickup and they don't offer it. I tried composting near me and there was a place, but it's about 45 minutes away. And I'm like, well, I drive an SUV. So yeah. do I want to be driving my compost 
you know, an hour and a half round trip. Like to me that I don't know that that actually is beneficial, but I do have space. So, um, you should get one of those things. I live on a big property. You know, those, those, those ones that you just kind of dump it in and then sort of turn it every once in a while. Yeah. So my mom bought like a huge, you know, expensive compost situation, um, at her house. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to just dump a bunch of money on compost and, you know, call myself a hero of the environment. Um, (laughs) but if it works out for her and and she's able, you know, I, I don't even know how it works. Like you have to put in, you know, certain amounts and if that works for her, then I think that's what I'll do. And then if, if not, then I'll probably do something like you, Pam, where, we build our own thing and do it. Although the idea of like building my own compost thing and churning it, you know, if the kids were a little older and we could make it an activity that I think that would sound more fun, but it sounds a, a, like yeah. a barrier. Well, you can, you can invite this us up the- to uh, Bedford and I can, uh, David and I'll help you. Good. You can take all my scraps. <laughs> this is, this is the thing though about planetarian life and specifically about greener you you know we're offering all these challenges in 2022 uh to help and inspire people to a more sustainable and planetarian life but as we said you know originally some of these things may not make sense for you right now or in this moment and it's about doing what you can when you can so maybe six months or a year from now you'll think you know, I I could do composting now and you'll come back and think, yep, let me go find the information I need. Let me Mm -hmm. figure it out. And now that my kids are older or now that, you know, I can afford the composting, um, um, situation, you know, it's about, it's about what works for you. And for me, it was just as simple as, you know, a quick Google and, you know, a 10 minute walk. And, um, so for Laura. and once mom got hers up and running, it was, it was, yeah. it's pretty, it's, it's pretty low maintenance, yeah, but, um, I think, so I would say that the first thing is I would encourage you to kind of look into composting in your area or think about starting to compost at your home and see, see all the benefits it brings to your life. It, Cause it does, it sounds kind of crazy that throwing things in a composting, you know, bin could be gratifying, but, but to me, it really is. What? And then yeah, I think, say, I think your point, however, is let's start, stop doing, let's stop figuring out ways to waste food first. Yeah. So composting yes. is great for food scraps and it's sort of like a band aid for food waste, but the, the original problem yes. is just <laughs> how much food, food, how much food yes. we just throw I think the, I think the first way to reduce food waste is to better understand your expiration mm-hmm. labels, uh, most of which is those dates are very conservative. Mm-hmm. And depending on what what it is in particular, it can often be fine long after that Tell date. Me, what is, is what is best and, by January 20th actually mean? Okay. So it literally it's, means they can only guarantee the greatest flavor profile by that date. It doesn't mean that it's like poisonous after that date. It's ridiculous. Like no, no magic yeah. happens on that date. Ridiculous. Yeah. It magically just like turns wah, into wah, garbage. Wah. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, and when I, I have to admit when I was growing up, I mean, my mom, her, her slogan <laughs> She was like, put it on my tombstone. It was just, it's fine. She would take something out of the, like S apostrophe, apostrophe F-I-N-E. Uh, she would take something out of the fridge that I thought 
looked highly questionable or smelled even questionable. And then she would, you know, taste it and say, it's fine. And, um, and I, while I was horrified then, I'm proud now. And I wouldn't say I'm quite as, um, bold, bold, you know, bold as mom in that you need department, a lot of food but definitely to be able to do that. Yeah. You do, but also you just need a tongue yeah. and to taste, like to taste it. A, a nose. Yeah, a smell, a quick yeah. taste, you know, oftentimes things like yogurt yeah. or, you know. But it's um, true. It's true. Can- Even though there could be a film of mold on the top, if you scrape out, I mean, you're wasting some, but underneath all that, that weight, there is good yogurt, good, good. Uh, it's all good underneath, you know. Um, and the things that yeah. go bad the quickest that I think like leave people really wary of expiring food is meat and dairy. Like mm. no one's eating that slimy yeah. deli meat, no matter how much, you know, oh, God, yeah, no. and like your milk is just going to keep going bad and keep going bad. You know, That's there's really no true, really Laura. saving it, but That's like, true. you know, whereas vegetables, yeah. you know, so if your bell pepper has like, you know, it's getting a little mushy on one side, you just cut that side off. off. That's right. Uh, you know, yeah. very good point. Very good point. The other thing that we do is to just freeze mm-hmm. food. So if you've got something in the fridge, which you think, look, I'm not going to get to that this week. And it's something that you can freeze. There's there's actually fairly few things that you that don't freeze terribly well and then defrost, mm-hmm. you know, to the same texture or consistency. But I just, I throw it in the freezer, whether it's a soup mm-hmm. or a sauce or grains, I just throw it yep. in the freezer. And then, you know, not only do I avoid it going bad, I've given myself a meal for a day when, when I need it. Recipes sometimes are cause waste because somebody goes to a site they find a recipe they don't have the ingredients to make it they run and and or they're not ingredients that they typically use and then they go out they make it they eat it it's okay but then they're stuck with all this food that went into that dish that they don't know how to use half of half of a bell pep half of a bell pepper or you know things like that exactly Um, well your point too is that you know just the planet that the planetary and life capsule kitchen formulas really do help eliminate waste because it's very easy to slide in a carrot that's starting to get a little soft or um, that bell, that sort of slimy, partially slimy bell pepper, cutting off that cut, cutting that off, and then finding a formula uh, that calls for a pound of vegetables and making that part of the mix that goes into whatever dish it is, whether it's yeah. a soup or a stir fry or, um, or you just say, Oh, this, this kale or this chard or this spinach just needs to get tossed into the soup calls for greens. I've got greens. And sometimes you know. just that, that, uh, that thing that's going over the edge inspires, inspires the dish itself for me. Like I've got this thing that's yeah. going bad. I need to make something with it. Um, and if you, yeah. if you're recipe driven, you're just like, Oh gosh, I guess I have to go find a recipe that calls for that. Whereas when you, when you've got the knowledge of these formulas, you can just you automatically know what you can do with it. Well, and so many of the formulas call for 1 pound of vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then there are suggested ones like these flavors might work well together, but it's literally like anytime you have vegetables that are going bad, you know, gather them mm-hmm. up for a pound and you can make I mean, how many things? I think the stir fry is a pound of vegetables. Pesto yeah. pasta has a pound of vegetables. Yeah. Green and yep. grain. I mean, yep. just like, just just gather up whatever you have that's 
you know, a half a bell pepper and yeah. It's also, you know, speaking of gratifying, I always feel pretty awesome when I make a meal out of things that might have otherwise gone to the wayside. It's 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 almost as good as going to the thrift shop and finding something, right? (laughs) (laughs) The satisfaction and joy of of saving something. I would. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I think the final thing we might suggest is to support community agriculture, support local farmers. Just about every city and town in America has a farmer's market these days. And when you're buying directly from farmers, it means you're you're supporting people who are working in, in your community and who are paying their workers a living wage. You know, these big food companies are sort of always looking at the bottom line, but local farmers tend to try to balance profit with the good of the people and the good mm-hmm. of the planet. And anytime you can support that, it's a mm-hmm. good thing. And I'm here to tell you the quality of the produce that you will get at a farmer's market or a farm stand is heads and shoulders above what you will find at the grocery yeah. store. And it's so beautiful. I mean, it, visually it looks better. It tastes better, has better texture. It's crunchier. It's fresher. And I, I've found that I, I really prize it more and I like love and appreciate this like head of broccoli or this, you know, this beautiful purple cabbage more if I, I value it more, I think, when I get it from a farmer's sure. market than if I get it at the well, grocery store. Well, it looks store. so good so and just advertising. Sort of... Like, I've been at your in your fridge, and I'm like, I want to eat all your veggies. Like, they mm-hmm. look so yeah. rich and flavorful, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I think it is great about shopping at uh, CSAs or getting a CSA and shopping at farmer's markets is that it really does keep you in tune with the seasons. And also yeah. you're able to find things at farmer's markets, little treasures, things that that grocery stores just don't carry anymore because there's no market for it. If if they can't sell it, they don't they don't carry it anymore. So and you can yeah. find all these little treasures there, these little local things that people grow and 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 gosh, the mushroom selection at our farmers market mm. is just it has inspired many a meal this year. And I, and I, and I find that I'll often try to each week pick up something that I wouldn't ordinarily, you know, like I pick up like lion's mane mushrooms. I'd never cooked with those before, or, you know, just interesting looking broccoli or, and, and I think it really, you know, helps to educate my kids. Mm -hmm. And sure. uh, To me, there's, there's no, there's no, you know, downside to shopping at a farmer's market or getting a CSA. I mean, some might argue that it's more expensive, but as we said last week on the podcast about fast fashion and um, the whole garment industry, you know, cheap food isn't, is cheap for a reason because somebody else and the earth, you know, people and the earth are paying the price, just not, not us. And, um, and so I think that's just something to be aware of. And as you shift your your mindset and your priorities and your values, you know, more towards the earth, this is a place where you might be, you know, well-served. You would be well-served to perhaps spend a little bit more. Um, plus, you know, having great, delicious, fresh food in the house means that you're less likely to eat out and get takeout and all the things that are extremely expensive. And um, tend to be way less healthy. 
I spend yeah. a lot of money on food. Uh, and, yeah. uh, but I know it's way less than if I had gone out for dinner two or three nights a week during the week. Absolutely. Yeah. Before Absolutely. we end, I just have to note that while we were recording, I got an email from Green Matter, which is one of my favorite newsletters, and I don't like the newsletters, but it's um, really short little headlines, um, all related to sustainability. And California, according to their article, has just imposed a composting mandate, so it's going to be required statewide. So a lot of times it feels like we're alone or we're, we're a drop in the bucket, but changes are happening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you'd rate the podcast and leave a review. Also, take a minute to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Planetarian Life. Head to planetarianlife.com for more recipes, inspiration, and to become a planetarian. See you next week.